Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. All right, let's go to God's Word. The question that the Spirit of the Lord asked me this week to ask all of us is this. He is alive, are you? He is alive, are you? The passage is found in John chapter 11, verse 25. I love, and I shared this yesterday in a celebration service, and I see family members and loved ones of the Allen family that are here, and just know that Underneath you are the everlasting arms of a God that will not let you go. That's scripture, by the way. And it's nice to know that Jesus could brag before he actually did something. I'm trying to break things down because someone's going to walk out here going, Jesus never bragged. Okay, let me change that for you then. Jesus would tell people things before it actually happened. I don't know anybody else that can do that. Okay? For example, he said, I am the resurrection, as he's looking at Lazarus. Here's what he said. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. That's a verse I will always treasure when I think about those who leave this life and go on to be with Jesus Christ. By the way, I need to clarify that. Are you saying this morning that everyone is going to heaven? That's not what I said. That's not what God's word says. You must have a relationship with Jesus Christ. When I was coaching, I only coached the guys that went to chief in high school. And I wasn't interested in giving information to others because they weren't playing for us. Those young men who played for Chief in high school got to know me and vice versa. And a relationship was established. Make sure this morning that you don't pat yourself on the back walking out going, Yes, I went to Easter service today. Can I tell you this? I can't get any research because every time I try, the papers burn up. There are people who went to church every year at Easter Sunday who missed heaven and hit hell. Just because I come to service, and please don't feel like I'm stepping on anybody's toes, I just know how nasty Satan is. And you better know how to play against darkness to win. He's very clever. I mean, I remember, and I'm not going to stay there, I remember growing up, I went to church always. But I wasn't ready if Jesus had called or if I had died in an accident or whatever. I would not have gone to heaven. I want to make sure everyone understands just by coming to church, that does not give you entrance into heaven. It takes a relationship with the coach of heaven, Jesus Christ, who hung on the tree, who walked through the grave. Incredible. You must know him as your personal savior. Let me give you another example uh, of what this means to me when I say you must know him. I'm out at Lancaster yesterday morning, and I'm standing there going through all the process, and all of a sudden, I'm totally wrapped up. And it was definitely someone much bigger than I. 
And I couldn't move. And I'm thinking a lot of things that you don't want to hear right now. And I turned to see, and I couldn't even get turned because he had me so well locked. I couldn't even turn to find out, who in the world is this? And who do you think you are? Coming up behind, come on, guys. And then finally, when I realized I wasn't going anywhere, (laughs) he let go. And I turned around, and it was Coach Gore, Brian Gore. I'm going, what in the world? What are you talking about? I'm talking about how comfortable he felt knowing who I was that he could do that. It was his way of saying how much he cares, how much he appreciates. I'm talking about relationships. I am not talking about what you have up here. Knowledge does not give you access into heaven. It is a heart that opens up and says, you're alive, I'm dead, I want to be alive. You're alive, I'm dead in my sins. I want you to bring life to me so that I can live with you eternally. That's why as I rode by uh, one of the areas here in our community in a cemetery and I looked over to my left and I said, she's not there. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Seriously. Now, let me mention one other thing so that you don't drift. Little did that family know the other day that when they came to that intersection, two lives were going to exit. It just happened right outside 129. Just the other day. Please don't sit there and say, man, I'm beautiful, I'm gorgeous, or I'm handsome, I'm good looking. I got everything all lined up. I'm going to college. I've got degrees in front of me. I have a scholarship. My bank account looks great. Man, I am set. I know what's going on. Dude, it's going to be incredible. You don't know if this is your last day. You don't know if this is the last message. I can't tell you if this is my last message. I can tell you this. He's alive and so am I. And so I just, yes, so I just want you to see this morning in a very simple way. And I'm going to cut through some things so I can get to the three points that the Lord dropped into my heart. Our lifestyles can prove the resurrection to people who may never ever open up His Word. Your lifestyle will prove the resurrection. Listen closely, Tim Keller said, If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? Another great writer put it this way, The message of Easter is that God's new world has been unveiled in Jesus Christ and that you're now invited to belong to it. Most Christians who have been redeemed from all walks of life, live more in this world than the world to come. I'm explain it to you this way. Some of you guys that were with me back in the day. Every time I walk into the old Bronson gym, it doesn't mean one thing to me. But when I walk into Chiefland's gym, it means everything to me. What's he talking about? Sports? No. I'm no longer a member of this world. I'm still here, but I'm a stranger, if I get to that scripture, and I'm an alien 
to this world and I have reservations in the life to come. Now I have to prove that by my lifestyle. Mm. Our task in the present is to live as resurrection people in between Easter and the final day. There's a final day coming, guys. There's a day coming. Jesus could come today. He said he was going to come out of the grave. Man, they got so mad when he said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. They were thinking about the building. He was talking about his body. Did you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you? I mean, we're more concerned about our home than we are our temples. I spent many hours yesterday outdoors taking care of the home. By the way, I'm not saying don't take care of your home. But we're more interested in our cars and our homes and all this other stuff than we are the temple. Whew. <clears throat> so let me give to you what the Lord gave to me to give to this house. If you're sitting there and you're asking yourself, I wonder how I can prove the resurrection of Jesus Christ by my lifestyle. You know that we live in a yak-yak world, right? That's an old term that I used to hear growing up. Everybody's got a yakker. I want to live at such a level that if I never say a word, people watch my lifestyle and go, I think he's different. You can prove the resurrection of Jesus Christ not by walking around, knocking on doors and going, are you going to hell? Hell, I don't care. Slam the door on them. People would do that to you. What a terrible way to introduce Christ. But we feel good because I'm a Bible thumper and I walk out there and I nail people. Did you know you're lost? They're not thinking about being lost. What do you mean lost? I know my street address. I know my cell phone. What are you talking about lost? Do you see how we use terminology people don't understand? And for those that were around me back in that day, I'll never forget when Dr. David Langston walked into the gym and he said, man, you, everything you're saying is good, but you've got to break it down so they understand it. That was the best thing he ever said. Who's Dr. Langston? Oh, he helped coach Larry Bird. Who's Larry Bird? Okay, forget it. We've got to make sure we break it down. You can't walk up to people and say, you're lost. You're going to hell. Man, you'll get jumped back in your face. And then we say, wow, I'm being persecuted. No, you're not. That was ignorance. Not everything we say in the gospel is, is a result of persecution. It's the way that we don't manage what we should say. And sometimes it's best not to say anything. Just do these three things. Are you all ready? Talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here we go. Number one, we can prove the resurrection by following Christ. Hmm. Well, how do we do that? Well, listen closely. Luke chapter 14, verse 25, and there's a lot of verses to it. Here's what it says. Now, large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not... Church, this is Jesus, so don't get mad at me. 
because I know how family-oriented we are here. Listen to what he said. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What he's saying is, let me make sure you understand, he's not asking you to go, oh yeah, I'm going to go home and raise hell with my children so they hate me. So I can prove I love, no. He's talking about there should be no comparison between our love for him and our love for our loved ones. Meaning he is top priority. Always. And listen, you don't have to say that. You walk that out. You just walk it. Walk it out. I can't wait to get to the finish line of this message. Listen closely. Quote, following Jesus isn't something you can do at night when no one notices. It's a a 24-hour-a-day commitment that will interfere with your life. That's not the small print. That's a guarantee. I want to make sure you understand. I'm getting ready for the second one and number three, and I'll get out of your way. Just because I go to church or I might be in the ministry doesn't mean I'm following Christ. All you got to do is ask the kids who are now adults to find out if I've been doing this ever since they met me. I don't mean in here. I mean out there. You prove the resurrection of Jesus Christ by your lifestyle. And it's 24 hours a day. Come on, church. So, I woke up in the middle of the night. And I've been looking at men. I did that intentionally. I'm not going to cross over. I've been looking at men to see if I could find one like my dad. I've been looking for men to see if I could find men who are like my dad, my earthly dad. Boy, it's tough to find them. Oh, I know there's men out there, girls. But I'm not sure if they're disciples. <clears throat> Maybe that's why our daughter is still waiting upon the Lord for the right man. <laughs> Who's guarding that? You're looking at him. I dare a man to walk in who doesn't follow Christ. He ain't got a shot in hell. So what was your dad like? Well, listen. Following Jesus every day by day. Nothing can harm me when he leads the way. Sunshine or shadow, whate'er befalls. Jesus, my Savior, is my all and all. He could have had a terrible day at the church. It could be a horrendous week outpouring concrete, laying block, building a home, but my dad would be singing. My dad would be whistling. And he, oh, where did that, where'd you get that chorus? I heard it so much I couldn't get rid of it. I'm talking about men and women who are under the influence, uh, do you hear that word? Under the influence of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and all they're doing is following Jesus. If you were to ask me, because I'm very basic and very simple, Dennis, pastor, coach, whatever you want to call me, Listen, you can call me those names too. doesn't matter. 
What are you doing? All that I'm doing is following Jesus. Why? Because he came out of the tomb and he's made room for me in heaven and I'm going home by the way of the cross. I am under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You don't need to hear me preach. You don't need to hear me talk. Just watch. Hmm. Number two. I'll try to move this quickly. He always gives me more than I preach. Number two. First one was following Christ. You can prove the resurrection. Number two, you can prove the resurrection by forsaking the culture. (laughs) There are people who are more married to their culture than they are to their spouse. That's why we have divorce. I wouldn't raise that way. That's not the way she said I'm supposed to be. And back and forth we go. You've got to be willing to forsake the culture. Listen, here's the verse, 1 Peter 2.11. I want you to make sure you're really using what God gave you, which is your mind. Because I'm speaking not only to your spirit, but I'm asking that God will enlighten our thought process. 1 Peter 2.11. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. I told you I'm an alien and I'm a stranger. So if you say to me, you're weird. Thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. Man, you are out of touch. No, I'm in touch. I'm on my way home. In touch. Hmm, Dr. Charles Stanley. In touch. We are more married to our culture than we are to Christ. My good friend, Pastor Erickson in London, said to me in 2005, when I was there, he said, Pastor, you are now in a city that is post-Christianity. I said, what? He said, London is no longer the city it used to be. And then he turned to me in his church and said, it won't be long America will become a post-Christian nation. Ladies and gentlemen, I am telling you as a servant of the Most High God, we are moving in that direction. We are moving to becoming a post-Christian nation. You know why? Because pastors are not telling people, follow Christ and forsake the old paths. Now watch this. I'm almost finished. Are you with me? How will you know if I'm truly following Christ? Because I say so? No, because you know I'm not doing the things I used to do. That's how you know. But if you're still doing this and you're still doing that and you guys figure all that out, this and this and this and this, the stone is in front of your grave. And there are pastors all over this nation who will not tell God's people, you've got to follow him and you've got to forsake the old life. You've got to walk away from things. We were listening to Les Brown the other day. Come on, stay with me. Les Brown at school. We do motivational programs every day. And he said to our young people by video, he said, you sometimes have got to get rid of the dead weight. But we're so scared of people that we're afraid to do that. I'm not. I fear God. You either fear man or you fear God. Hello, church. Man, I just came to get pumped up and revved up about the resurrection. Well, you already know the story. But what about the world that's waiting to see that story? Don't read it to them. Live it. Number one, follow Christ. 
Number two, forsake the culture. (laughs) I was listening the other night to one of our administrators talking at one of the games, and he was talking about his heritage and, and the lineage of everything within Levy County. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to leave Levy County. Just like the Lord called me out of Ohio, God's going to call you out of Levy County someday and you're going to either go up or you're going to go down. I'm encouraging you this morning as we come to the last one. Listen very closely. God is calling the church, the body of Christ, from all walks of life. Follow Him, Christ. And then forsake the things that you used to do. Kiss it goodbye. One of my top players from years back, I don't remember his name, but he was pretty good. He and, of course I'm playing, he and another gentleman were standing talking to me and he said, one of them said to me, are you still hurting about that game up in the panhandle when it could have taken you guys to the state? It still hurts, but I got to get over that. I use that silly illustration. What is it that's hurting you? You're going to have to let go of it. You're going to have to put that aside so that you can move on in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, follow Christ. Forsake the culture. Now you ready? Here's your last proof. Are you ready? We can prove the resurrection, listen, by faithfulness to the Great Commission. I just want to... I want to do this as an educator. Everybody understands, follow Christ. Got that? Forsake culture. You guys got that? Here's the third one. Faithfulness to the commission. Most churches don't even know anything about the Great Commission. But Jesus was all about it. That's why he left heaven to come get us. The Great Commission. Here we go. We're almost done. Can you give me five minutes? And Jesus came to them and said, by the way, this is after the resurrection, Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The top dog isn't that gangster. The top dog isn't the wealthiest person in a community or a city. The top individual is the one who has authority. Somebody said to me the other day, the person who has the money makes the rules. I said, that's not true. That may be your truth, but that's not truth. Jesus said you're going to either serve God or money. But you can't serve them both. Whoo! I'm going to buy my way into heaven. Oh, no, you're not. There isn't a dime or millions of dollars that's greater than the blood of Jesus Christ. Woo! I don't know what the enemy has planned. That's why I make declarations. I'm not for sale, and you can't buy me. See, I'm talking to the unseen realm. Because money doesn't move. It moved a man, didn't it? And then he ended up, I told you this last Sunday when we talked about the miracle of the cross. Then he threw the money back where he got it. Money's not your answer. Christ is. Because he has total authority. And people who are rich believe they have authority. Oh, Spirit of God's here. Just woke somebody up. People with money believe they have power. Then the Spirit of the Lord is here. <laughs> Jesus didn't even have a place to lay his head. Come on, guys. Now, I, I know the importance of money. That's why I'm working. 
but it's not my God. And I don't bow to people who have it. <laughs> you know, pastors get fired for doing what I'm doing right now. <clears throat> but you can't fire the call of God on my life. You can't fire the call of God. You get yourself in trouble. <sighs> Nowadays, we don't even know who's called and who isn't called. We're just glad to have all the glitz and glamour and all. Come, come on, church. <laughs> all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, <clears throat> go, go, go and make disciples of all nations. <clears throat> baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. <clears throat> when I was dismissed from Canadian Bible College for my own negligence and wrong living, I told God when I got back through Canada and uh, came down into that state up north and then finally back into Ohio, I said, that's it, I'm never leaving Ohio. Let me help somebody out here. Don't ever tell God what you're not going to do. Don't ever tell God what you're not going to do because he's got the ace. What's the ace? He's all authority. And if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to do what he asks you to do. In closing. <laughs> Author John Stott said, we must be global Christians with a global vision because our God is a global God. So guess what? In this ministry, it should look a lot like heaven. People from all walks of life. Rich, poor, famous, not so famous. Tall, short. Hair, no hair. Coming from all walks of life. And welcoming people. God is a global God. (laughs) David Livingston, he had an easy life. That was a joke. He buried his wife in the continent of Africa. He was tore up by lions. You see how soft the church has gotten? Tell people those kind of stories and they'll just go, I think I'll find somewhere else to go. That doesn't change me. I'm still going to follow Christ. I'm going to forsake the culture and I'm going to be faithful to the commission. Here's what David Lincoln said. Livingston said, if a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? He didn't even see it as a sacrifice to lay it down. John Wesley, John Wesley said, you have one business on earth, save souls. I heard Oswald, excuse me, Oswald Smith, when I was a young man, I heard him in a conference and listen to what he said. The church that does not evangelize will fossilize. I want to give you guys two things this morning. As if this would be the last time you would ever see me on a platform. Any church that does not pray and any church that does not evangelize will close. But one is prayer. Because if you don't pray, you don't go. You tell people to come. Jesus said, go. Congratulations, Friday night. Good job. See, I'm for real. Great job. Great job. When the Lord said, 
You're going to go to Georgia? Yes, Lord. You have the authority. I'm the servant. You're the leader. And then he said, you go to North Carolina. Now you come to Florida. Little did I know that the call would open up working in education. Don't limit the call of God on your life. The Spirit of the Lord is here right now. Don't limit the call of God on your life. Well, I'm just called to sing, or I'm just called to preach, or I'm just called. Man, just, just say, I'm called. And whatever he wants, you want. That's the proof of the resurrection. Of course, this isn't Jerusalem, and so this can't be the garden, and this can't be the real tomb. But I bet it was radiant that day when he came out. I mean, I wouldn't want to put any money on it. Don't outbet God. Because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God has great plans till Jesus comes for this tri-county area. He's got great plans. But we've got to be willing to do just three simple things. Any ministry, I wish every church could hear this. Any ministry will flourish and grow when they do three things. Follow Jesus by lifestyle. Two, forsake the old patterns, culture. I'm a cultural Christian. No, I'm not. And three, be faithful to the commission. Just be faithful to the commission. People don't commission you. He commissions you. Now be faithful. That's the proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In a moment, we're going to honor Pastor Bradley and Amy. And I know it's lunchtime and it's celebration time. I'm still looking across the landscape. I'm looking for men who will learn to go quietly. Men who will just follow Jesus. I'm looking for men who you can tell are following Jesus because they're giving up some old stuff. Not overnight, just step by step. And I'm looking for some men. I'm looking for men who will be faithful to the Great Commission. And when he says go, go. And when he sends them, respond to them. As we close, uh, I told several of the men out front this morning, man, God is really testing me. Three weeks in a row, God has brought people here to this house who were in need. This morning, I got slapped right in the face. It was a good slap. It knocked my religious junk right out. So I was using boldness on boldness. Gentleman walks up and he goes, excuse me, can you guys help me this morning? I'm trying to get out to Fanning Springs and I need some gas money. So I did the pastor thing. Man, some of you are like really paying attention. Like, wow, this dude might really be real. I mean, I got knocked upside down by the Lord. It's like, God. Because this is the third week in a row. Like God's really watching over this ministry. And so I said to him, I said, you know, I think we can do that. I think we can help you get some gas money. I said, um, have you thought about coming to church today? Like, at least you could come in to service and then we'll help you out. That's what I, you know. <laughs> I'm glad the men were with me. <laughs> he said, no, I just need some gas money to go out and pick up some friends. We're going to a different church. And part of me was like, well, 
bless God, you just call them and tell them. <laughs> I struggle like you guys. <laughs> I, str- I struggle. I'm human. <laughs> and I said, and I said inside, not again, God. He's having a blast with me. He's blowing up all my stuff. And before I could get over to the vehicle to get some money out, the men just reached in and started, you know. So we blessed him. I hope he had a great service. Darn. Somebody's going to probably read this wrong. But if you follow the commission, you better expect to be upset once in a while. When you try to follow Jesus, people are going to mess with you. (laughs) Thank you. You are carriers of the resurrection. You're carriers. When you're out there playing, you're, you're a representative of Jesus Christ. You're one of the best. You're one of the best. Adults, you're awesome. You have been an incredible teacher all these years. And God's going to take care of your husband as he makes that trip up north. I'm sorry it didn't happen to be in Ohio, but we will pray God's speed into that state. I'm playing. And all of my friends, guys are my friends who are here this morning. And I won't call your names out. But as we close now, if there's someone here that would say, you know what, hey, Pastor, uh, Dennis, man, I don't have that relationship with Christ. This would be your moment to go, I'm coming into the kingdom. Because I don't know which crossroad I could be going down and bam, somebody T-bones me and I'm gone. Make sure you're ready to go before it's your time. And so in a moment, if there's anyone who would like to receive Christ, this is the moment. And then across the room, not just men, but women too. I wonder if there would be individuals who would be willing to stand and stand with me. I don't mean you have to come up here and stand and say, you know what, Dennis, we understood. All we have to do is follow Christ. That's real easy. No, it's very difficult to follow Christ. And I'm also willing to lay some stuff down. I'm going to lay it down, and I am going to be faithful. Gosh, I want to talk so much about my dad, but it's lunchtime and someone's meal, I can smell it. It's coming on strong. But I have found a hero, of course, Jesus Christ. But I have found a hero. My dad was something special. Quiet man. A follower. Willing to forsake. And faithful. He proved the resurrection. If I had died without Christ, I would have no one to blame because the example was right in front of me. I'm just real, but I was such a prick. I think this man cusses. Stop thinking. I'm telling you about the flesh. I had a role model right in front of me. And as a teenager, I had nothing to do with him. When you don't have time for your parents, you really don't have time for Christ either.
I want to pray for anyone that would just like to stand and say, you know what? I'm going to prove my lifestyle. By my lifestyle, I'm not perfect, because many of you know me, and you know I'm not. Not perfect. But you really desire to go, by lifestyle, I'm going to prove the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to thump anybody with the Bible. I'm just going to live it out. And my life is going to make a difference. Would you like to stand across the room? And then we're going to pray together. I'm not begging anyone. I'm not, I'm not demanding any of that. But we're, we're making a stand today. Wow, what a great place. Can I give you guys one more thing about my daddy? He always stood by people who stood for Christ. So look across this room at people who are standing. And others who may stand outside this room, that's fine. Stand with these individuals. Stand by their side. Stand with them. Just stand with them. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Awesome, awesome congregation. Awesome, awesome, awesome people. Awesome people people that you love so deeply, people that you admire and you look to and you're trusting us to carry out the gospel. We want to thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ without a question. We want to also thank you for the privilege of hearing your word this morning. And I just pray across this room that every one of us by lifestyle will carry out the message of the hour. And I pray for parents who have really been trying to set that example and keep the bar high and it's been a real battle, I pray that you will energize and strengthen them, build them up and give them courage. For our young people, it is not easy on our high school campuses, middle school campuses, elementary campuses. They really need your help, Lord. And I pray for our students and I pray for student athletes. I pray that they would just exemplify, just demonstrate by lifestyle who they really are. And I do pray once again that you would place a shield of protection over this Tri-County area. No harm or danger. No more traffic fatalities. No more accidents, Lord. Please, in Jesus' name. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we know that you're coming again. But until then, we're going to live in view of that day. Bless this house. Bless the staff. Bless every person that has worked with children pour out your spirit upon them bless them abundantly and then father I ask for all the children somehow let us show them what a jam up job they did today (laughs) bless those kids they tore the roof off in Jesus name God's people said amen let's give the Lord praise and honor Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.